You're listening to Sci-Fi TV Rewatch, episode 468. My name's Dave, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Wayne, as we continue our look at the Amazon Prime video series, Outer Range. And uh, we are recording earlier this week, another morning recording, which, you know, it's funny. I don't know about you, but I I go through these periods where I forget that we're recording at 11. Mm -hmm. And I'll look, oh, my God. Oh, okay. It's only nine. Right. (laughs) And then I forget. Oh, oh, my God. Oh, okay. It's 10. I still got an (laughs) hour. I don't know. Yeah, well, we just had to, you know, figure out like, oh, we need to, you know, go walk the dog now so we can get back in time and everything. But yeah, I, I, I understand exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, so uh, we're coming off our 10 year anniversary recording, and uh, so that was definitely cool. And uh, yeah, hopefully another 10 in the future. Yeah. So. Um, all right. Well, we will get back to what we're watching uh, because we we you know didn't do that last time because of the anniversary yep. um, uh, aspect no of the nostalgia. podcast. Yes, exactly. So uh, all right, two, two quick ones for me. Unlike you, I wanted to do a rewatch of Westworld, and then I thought, all right, I'll just rewatch the last episode of season three. Well, dude, I didn't even get to that. Uh, uh-huh. I was like, you know, screw this. I'm just going to watch 401. So how'd that work out? Did you, were you able to like remember what had gone on and everything? Dude, dude, I don't know what the hell I'm watching. (laughs) But I don't either. And I just rewatched the first three seasons. So, but I love it nonetheless. And, and it may be the most convoluted, complex show ever made. And understanding what's going on requires extensive notes and maybe a whiteboard in the (laughs) viewing room. I don't care. I still love it. So, um, you know, waiting for episode two, which I guess will air tonight and we'll go from there. Uh, yeah. I mean, as, as I went back and thought about it, and I, I read some season three recaps and I thought, okay, yeah, that was pretty darn confusing as well. <laughs> so, yeah. um, I that's, know. I mean, I, I really don't listen to a lot of like TV show podcasts, but um, I do listen to uh, post-show recaps. Um, Josh Wiggler does a really good uh, with Joe Garfine and Mike Bloom. I think you got um, three people on board this year. But they do a real, a really good job of not just kind of <clears throat> explaining what's going on, that that's part of it, but also I think um, expressing the, the kind of like the frustration, for lack of a better word, I guess, of – you know, not really even being sure. Like, and these are people who, you know, like, you know, talk about the, like, like kind of like will be without a range a lot, you know, just like I I'm podcasting about, but you know, I don't understand it any better than you do, you know? Um, but that, that's, that's a, it, I find very helpful as a, as I go through Westworld because it is very labyrinthine, I guess would be a word to describe uh, the plots of the show. Yeah, well, Outer Range is like the voice compared to Westworld. Yeah. So, um, now the other show my wife and I just started, and Fred, I apologize for not having the Dutch title, but it is titled "The Adulterer," starring Sylvia Hooks. Who, as it turns out, I mean, she looked familiar. She was in Blade Runner twenty forty nine for one thing, and she was in one of the. Uh, girl with the dragon tattoo movies one of the later ones i i forget which one 
Was she in but, like the um, the Swedish one or the American ones? Yeah, uh, you know what? I'm not even sure to tell you the truth. I'm assuming the American one, but I don't know that for sure. I think she was in the one with uh, Daniel Craig, uh, the the British actress. I I can't think of her name now. She was in The Crown. She played Queen Elizabeth. Uh, Anyway, so uh, really enjoying that so far. We just watched the first episode last night. Cool. And, of course, watch it in Dutch with the English subtitles. Sure. So, all right, what do you got? Well, you know, like we said, uh, Westworld, I finished my uh, rewatch of the first three seasons, and, you know, and I felt pretty good about that. I felt pretty strong about what the, uh, about what was going on. <coughs> and then uh, season four, episode one happens, and I'm back to square one. I have no idea what's going on. So but just uh, along for the ride there. Um, the finished up Obi-Wan Kenobi, which was awesome. Um, but as I've established before, when it comes to Star Wars, I am not very objective. Um, and I definitely grade Star Wars on the curve. But yeah, I really, really enjoyed that. The only thing I did enjoy about it, there was only six episodes. And so, you know, after, you know, like not even a month and a half or a month and a half, that was really cool. And then uh, and then finally, um, shout out to the boys. I finally got uh, caught up with the boys. And, you know, instead of me that just saying about how wrong that show is, you know, it's so wrong, it's right. I, I just want to comment really quickly on Jensen Ackles and, and how awesome it is to see him uh, back on television. Um, you know, I don't know if I'd call him like a great actor, but he's he's a great TV actor. Dean Winchester is, you know, you do 15 seasons of a show playing the same character. You know, you're going to establish a certain level of, you know, as an iconic character. And while the soldier boy that he plays is much different, he's not, you know, it's no real, the only comparison is, is that Jensen Ackles plays both. And he just kind of has, you know, that, that gruff kind of macho uh, style about him. But uh, he's also showing some, some nuance, I think, to his, his character here, soldier boy. And it's really kind of awesome uh, just to, to see him uh, back in the show and, and back doing his thing. So I know faith is happy with that. So yeah. anyway, all right, I have to we'll go back to- and watch. I don't have to pick up a Walker, Texas Ranger, I guess. That's oh, uh, Jared Padalecki. Well, well, it, it, but, but you know, that's got a Western vibe to it. And you know, you, you'll be all ready for that now. Yeah. So just people wearing uh, cowboy hats throughout yep. the whole thing. All right. Well, let's get to outer range. Episode three of season one titled the time written by Zev Boro, directed by Jennifer Getzinger aired April 22nd, 2022. So, you know, a couple points to, to get the ball rolling here. We got a mountain disappearing. Yep. So, you know, whether this is a sci-fi show, supernatural, whatever, but what strikes me in this episode, does the mountain disappearing coincide with Trevor's body reappearing? Well, because we're certainly led to believe that it does, right? Now, of course, the other question who threw Trevor's body back into the hole and why does it turn up away from the hole? I mean, or you know, is that a thing? Like, did he dump it through the hole and it went straight through and popped out here on, you know, where Amy found it? Yeah, up in the uh, up in the farce, 
Yeah, well, I mean, we don't know. I mean, to this point, our only you know evidence is that Royal was pushed into the hole, and then he jumped back into the hole and, and came back to the present. And it does appear as if he ended up in you know the the pasture. I don't think we see the hole when he wakes up, but we get a sense that it can't be too far away or, you know, maybe it, or maybe it is. Yeah, you're right. That's a good point. I, the, I don't recall seeing the hole anywhere near him when he came back. So, yeah. Right. Now we, we talked last time about, I mean, whether or not the hole periodically closes up. And as you point out, pointed out last week, of course it does. It has to, or else, you know, why hasn't anybody seen it before unless it camouflages itself somehow? I, I whatever. But, you know, I think we have to assume that at this point it, it likely does close. So did it spit him back out um, after he jumped through from the other side and then closed or, you know, again, whatever. But the other thing that that strikes me after seeing that alternate universe or, or whatever we're calling it. I mean, we don't really know. I mean, uh, you know, we'll, we'll get to Autumn's assessment in a little bit, but why is Luke so convinced that it's Rhett's blood on that belt buckle? I mean, why doesn't he think it's Perry's? Or, I mean, you know, what's the assumption just because, you know, I don't know. I mean... Well, I, I would just... <clears throat> From what we know of the brothers, I, it just seems like Rhett is the one that's more likely to have blood spilling. Well, that's true. And then it gets back to that question that, that we brought up last time as well. Does Luke have a sense of what's actually happened? I mean, we see him wearing the same clothes in, the, in that other reality, and, and he runs out of the crowd and, and fires off a shot and hits uh, Royal in the leg. So, you know, in the present, does he have a sense or a knowledge? It was Rhett. And, and in fact, yes, it was Rhett's blood, but it wasn't Rhett that killed his brother. No. So, you know, while he may have that accurately deduced, um, he. So he's like as, uh, you know, he's going to have some explaining to do here. Though, because he he has already now his quote unquote confession to Joy, I'd like to point out, is completely inadmissible, and she just I think does a really well. I mean, granted, she just needs to get him talking. You know, I mean, he's drunk, so she's figured, oh, this is a great time to interview him. Never reads him his rights, uh, gets him to confess to the fight, and that there was no one else around, um, which is would be completely useless in court and would get this case thrown out faster than anything. So not great police work on Joy's part there. But, but I mean, you know, it's funny because the first time you, you see that scene, I think you're like Sheriff Joy. She doesn't really believe a word of what he's telling her. But the reality is he is telling her the truth as he knows it. Now, granted, he doesn't say that, that he knows that, Trevor's dead, but right. well, and also he he knows that Perry was still out there. Sure, right. So, so he's telling you that what, what he says, yes, is the truth, um, factually. But he does 
leave out the bit that, you know, when she says, was there anyone else there? It's like, no, there was no one else there. And that's not true. That's not true. Right, right. Because, right, Perry was was still there, of course, uh, still recovering from having barfed all over the guy's boots but uh but still have royal and autumn and 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 that was a great scene and and hopefully we'll get more of those you know as he tells her at at the campsite if you promise to keep quiet about all of this you can stay as long as you want and we'll continue talking through but have the two of them verified that time travel is in play here or is it just her assessment of what has happened and and his assessment i mean he doesn't really know what happened i mean he he knows what he think thinks he knows yeah um well i I think with both of them um that they just they you know they don't know for sure what's going on but they you know obviously autumn has an awareness of it he asked why did you push me through she's just like i just kind of wanted to see what would happen right (laughs) like but uh, you know, her, you know her assessments. You know, Royal, you traveled through fucking time. Is um, you know, again, her assessment of it. You know, maybe after this episode, I'm leaning more towards the time travel rather than alternate realities. But I'm not 100 percent convinced yet. Right. I mean, he says it was like this place, but different. And and she's like, well, different how? And, and even, you know, he, he rides out to her camp. And did you notice what was on her clothesline? Um, I don't think Bright I yellow shirt. Oh. And it was that. Wow. Pretty, pretty noticeable. It was flapping in the breeze. So we would notice it even, even more easily. He asks her why she can't remember anything before the age of nine, and she says she was in an accident as a kid. Now, I knew I threw out that theory last week that Autumn could be adult Amy, and, and we get actually something else, you know, in, in this episode that, that maybe makes me rethink that. And I've got another, albeit crackpot theory to go along as well. <laughs> but did she really have an accident you know that that drug she takes we see her pick up at the pharmacy it's for epilepsy as well as um bipolar, bipolar yeah, disorder yeah. now i could be wrong but don't some people suffer from epilepsy as a result of an accident i guess maybe head trauma maybe i'm making that up i'm not I, sure I didn't, I didn't research that i can neither confirm nor deny okay okay but as she says to him i need to know what happened to you in there and you know she keeps pushing him even though it's clear he doesn't want to talk but you get where she's coming from it's like what do you mean you don't want to talk you went in this hole you you experienced this other reality and you don't want to talk about it okay i'm the one person you can talk about it with Right. So, you know, as you said, you traveled through time. And then she says, did you see me? Kind of a curious question to ask, because I'm not sure at that point he's told her that he saw anybody else. Right. But yet, I I mean, that might be the question that I would ask, too. Like, oh, you went in the future? Did, how, how am I doing? You know, like. 
you know, that, that's probably a natural enough, um, you know, question. Yeah, I guess. And, and I mean, she, he doesn't answer when she asks it. And we then see him staring at her necklace or her boots, which, yeah, <laughs> yeah, which, her is, <clears throat> which is then when the mountain behind her disappears, right. of course, she doesn't see it because it's, you know, behind her. But at the same time, Sheriff Joy's driving down the road and sees the same thing. And then when she gets back to the station, uh, her deputy tells her, yeah, we're getting all kinds of crazy calls about a mountain disappearing. So what the hell? I mean, is this, did the mountain disappear at the moment when Trevor's body reemerges? Well, from and there's also, wherever? which is something you were wondering about the other day is they touched you know, he, right. they touch hands and the mountain disappears. And then when he, they release their hands, the mountain reappears. <laughs> so, um, you know, there's there's that. And, and yeah, and, uh, you know, whether it's not necessarily a cause effect thing, but I think we're certainly supposed to believe that because of this crazy thing with the mountain happening is also then what brought Trev's body but like we said before I mean who knows it's it's such an open country here that you know how long his body could have been there did it you know when he royal threw it through the void did it land straight where where Amy found it or but also on the other hand we would say that it, it the implication also is that this is a trail or a place that Amy comes through often so you know probably I, if, if I would have to say at this point that the mountain is somehow involved with the appearance of Trev's body. Right. And the other thing we can't assume, you know, the first object to go into the hole is of course, Trevor's body. And the second is Royal when autumn pushes him, but we don't know for sure that the two ended up in the same place or ended up in the same right. uh, reality. Right. I think last week we did assume that, but now, I don't know if we can assume that anymore. Right. And um, he's using it as his uh, catch-all. I guess he's tossed his shirt in, tosses the belt <laughs> buckle in. He's, he's got to get in contact with the, the local, like, you know, like with the local landfill or something. or Man. You know, the nuclear power plant. Hey, here's just chuck your waste in here. It goes, goes away. I think that, and Fred mentions this as well, and I think that's kind of like, this theme that we're seeing of royal thinking, you can just, you know, like of, of this void is representing something that, that people do when they just try to hide their past or their misdeeds and everything. We just try to sweep it under the rug, so to speak. But instead of sweeping it under the rug, he just throws it into the void and it's done, right? It's forgotten. But as we see, those things, our past tends to come back. Uh, to haunt us and and the you know the things that we try to hide are ultimately going to come to light and so royal's attempts to 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 you know hide the the bad things he's done are are unsuccessful well you know and it it also begs the question because we mentioned i don't know if it was last week or the week before but this family seems to sit in the dark an awful lot and, and we get that scene the beginning of the episode when he's sitting in the kitchen in the dark. I mean, dude, who does that? It's not as if you flip on a kitchen light. It's going to wake anybody else up right. because they're, 
all upstairs, I would guess. So, you know, again, is that part of what you were just explaining that that he just wants to kind of ignore what his present reality actually is? And, and you know, it's almost like if I can't see it, it doesn't exist, right. which, again, goes back to that that billboard in the uh, in the town about, you know, not not being able to see things and doesn't mean they still don't exist. But that opening scene, even right before we get to, you know, when Amy comes down and, and asks about the wound on his legs and he says about the fence, she's like, I don't believe that. <laughs> and and right. okay. Now, why doesn't she believe it? Well, she knows her grandfather maybe, but that opening scene and it's a, another voiceover by Royal and it's, it's pretty short, recounting the volcanic nature of the earth and how it's constantly been in flux reinventing itself for millions of years i mean am i supposed to get anything else out of that except that this is just the most recent incarnation well and and then you know the he ends up with and the land and the sky didn't give two shits so i mean kind of this this idea that that royal actually has you know, in his prayer referred to is that the human's endeavor or human behavior is insignificant, right, in the grand scheme of things. Now, you know, Fred has mentioned, and, and I think we even agree with Fred with the first two episodes and how the pace is fairly slow. And, you know, on one level, it continues to be slow, but. Yes, it but they, does. I was, but, I, I, I will say, I. I was a little bit disappointed in, in Well, in I think we just have to accept that, but but on the other hand, from a purely plot detail perspective, I would disagree with that. I mean, on the one hand, we look at that scene where Sheriff Joy goes into the mini mart ostensibly just to drop off a poster for the coming election and she reads the room perfectly that there's something wrong. And, you know, she finds the guy back there that was, I guess, planning to rob the mini mart. And it's a great scene. She's like, I'm going to break your arm. You know, yeah, it's like and she breaks his arm. It's like, I told you. Yeah, I told you it's going to break your arm. <laughs> and and we're wondering, like, oh, OK, how does this all fit in? And it's not that scene. It's the ride in the patrol car back to the sheriff's office. Right. And. Of course, we think this guy's kind of nutty as does she. My cousin disappeared for six seconds and then reappeared. Is he a fan of methamphetamine like yourself? (laughs) And he's like, no. Now, at that point, we're thinking like, okay, that's kind of crazy. But uh, given what we learn later in the episode, when the mountain disappears and certainly trevor disappeared we still don't know what the deal is with rebecca whether she just ran away and left her husband well i i think the the more we watch this the the less we think that that's what's happened right like we fear that right. something supernatural sci-fi happened to rebecca but to come back right. to that guy i mean you're right like he starts off with craziness my cousin disappeared for six seconds we're like all right whatever smackhead but then he says, you know, like that that guy Trev, like he mentions Trev. Yeah. And you're like, oh, well, yeah, that's legit. <laughs> like he, he really has disappeared and it is for a sketchy reason. So, um, yeah, 
there's there's a little bit of truth to the the madness there. Well, and, and the other thing that I also want, want to bring up even you know, precedes that a little bit when she's still in the mini mart and she's she knows something's wrong and she's trying to figure out what it is and she's just you know pretending. Well, she's not pretending. She's still talking to the clerk and she says, ah, "Do you ever listen to that guy D Money talk about the Broncos?" He talks as if he can see the future. Right. Now, okay, well, he can't because well, the guy says the quarterback situation for the Denver Broncos looks abysmal. And if he could see the future, he would know <clears throat> that they would get Russell Wilson and well, that's okay good. with their <laughs> quarterback a, situation. That's a good point. But you know, again, as we've said many times, good shows – albeit great shows don't use throwaway lines that like that, that exactly. mean nothing. Right, so right, right. I'm not ready to call this a great show, yeah. but I think it's a that good show. Jump the gun a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we'll, you know, we'll see how that, that goes. You know, we, we saw the scene with Wayne Tillerson last time and we see with his sons this time, Luke's trying to convince his father He's been missing for four days, and you just got to love Billy. I mean, his singing gets annoying, even though he's got a pretty good voice, and he's just sitting over there. You know, I think Luke's got a point, Dad. Yeah. and He's definitely the, the, the weaker of the two brothers, right? Right, but Luke, of course, thinks his father is nuts, and by all indications, maybe he's yeah, right. He doesn't seem like he's wrong in that one. Right, and then offer him a million dollars. And Luke's like, like what? <laughs> we're we're about we're paying for the lawyers. We're going to get the land for free in, a, in about a month. Like, right. You know. Make them the offer. I want that land. And you know, on the one hand, we don't know how rich they are. I mean, we know they're rich, certainly in comparison to the Abbots. I mean, he he well, throws he that just mil- said to offer him a million dollars for that land. So, and and doesn't seem to feel like we're even going to notice that right. as, as a family. So, again, however they've made their money, we don't really know. It seems like they got awfully rich just being cattle ranchers. But, again, that's all we know. And then, of course, they, the boys leave the room, and it's like, I'm not offering him shit. So, yeah. so, so we'll see how that uh, transpires. So, yeah, so and we we said this about Luke before because Luke clearly is is meant to be the antagonist, right? Where he's supposed to be the bad guy, but but is he though? Like when you really look at Luke, he's worried about his brother, and he suspects correctly, I might add, that the Abbots had something to do with his brother's disappearance, potential death. So, you know, what brother would not? do what what luke is doing to try and find his brother right and then in addition like he's the one who's going to we assume inherit this family business and the ranch and everything his dad wants to pay a million dollars for land that they're going to get the court is going to give them in a couple weeks it's mental so while luke seems extreme to us i really don't think so he's just you know a, a guy doing what pretty much anyone else would do, I think. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I was reading a, a forum post about another show, and now I don't even remember what the show was, and, and the the posters were talking about the fact that it has no likable characters, 
and somebody said, well, you know, clearly you never watched uh, Breaking Bad or Mad Men. And, you know, those two shows jump out at you because the characters that you most, I don't want to say identify with, but but that you really kind of develop an affinity for are really the bad guys. Yeah. And in this case, the Abbots are the bad guys, like you just said. Yeah. I mean, they are responsible for his disappearance they, and they his killed, death. Perry killed a dude. Like, right. You know, like whether we feel bad. Do we feel bad for Perry? Yeah, of course. His wife is missing. Did Trev deserve to get his ass beat? Without question. Did he deserve to die? No. You shouldn't be killed just for talking smack because you're drunk, right? Right. And, sure. and, you know, like Royal is trying to, like I said, just bury this. And try to avoid the consequences. And finally, as Fred points out, they they can't avoid it because Amy finds the body. So what are they going to do? Make Amy complicit in this? Tell her right. to not tell anyone? Like, no, that's not going to work. He, he does the right thing. He calls Joy and says, well, you know, his body turned up. And now the, uh, the shitstorm that's going to follow is going to be interesting to see. Now, the, the final point I was going to bring up at, at the beginning of the discussion what does autumn hope to find when she's digging i mean clearly it's not oil and we and we talked about that scene at the end of the second episode and those structures you know you mentioned they look like oil derricks and and i would agree but for some reason i get a sense they're not drilling for oil and we're back at that scene at the foot of the rock face where amy and autumn had met earlier and and we see autumn down on the ground digging we assume digging for rocks because she you know pulls one up and she holds it up and is looking at it as if this might be what i'm looking for but then there's really no indication that that's the case and then all of a sudden she's back to because she's digging and she's just wearing a tank top and you know looks like she's been digging for a while perspiring and then all of a sudden she's walking across the range and she's got her you know shirt on again and encounters that buffalo that we've seen on a couple of occasions removes one arrow before yeah. it runs off and then she's walking along the highway hitching a ride into town and that's of course when we see her pick up that <clears throat> prescription so you know while she seems pretty weird for sure and now we know that the medication she takes can be prescribed for uh, bipolar disorder is that what she suffers from or is it epilepsy now she says to the pharmacist gotta gotta stay stable or you know something to that effect so but but given everything we've seen there's no reason to make that leap that that she's delusional or anything like that. Right. Quite the contrary. I mean, we see that the book that she's got in her tent about quantum mechanics. So, uh, you know, whatever it is, don't really know. So, still, that there's something about that rock face. I have to feel is going to become meaningful in the future. You know. So. Oh, for sure. I, I mean, there's no question about the significance. Uh, now, I'm sorry. I shouldn't say the significance like we know what the significance is. I have no clue what the significance is, but it's significant for sure. Right. So, you know, is the, is the are the paintings on the rock face, were, were they done to, to mark what can be dug up out of the ground here? 
or you know again so it's certainly something that's cool something from a um, narrative perspective I, I think is one of those things i was talking about a few minutes ago that while the physical action remains slow and and the pace you know from a physical standpoint remains slow i, I just feel like there are enough details that that are continually presented to us that just simply add to the mystery we don't get any answers yet but you know that's cool yeah, yeah. um so she sees royal's truck outside the bar goes inside and of course it's perry asks how long she's going to stay i'm still waiting for my sign now you know that can mean a lot of things obviously mm-hmm. is her sign that that she'll dig up the rock that she is hoping to find is it something else and we get that that little scene there where she asks about his wife and he's of course like well you know how do you know i'm or she says he notices he's married doesn't ask about his wife and then he you know mentions she's missing nine months now and then she relays that personal account of you know what appears to be severe depression and then simply walks out and dude again this is something that happens all the time in shows and it drives me crazy somebody orders a beer or orders food (laughs) right and then they just leave and then they just leave (laughs) and of course i'm thinking that that guy down at the end of the bar is like you gonna drink that yeah it certainly makes sense that somebody with her history can't remember anything before the age of nine although she claims it was you know related to an accident which is still uh, rather vague what kind of accident we don't know she's taking this medication you know there again not, not that we needed this scene to know there's something there about her character but uh yeah well and and there's something and we you know we talked before about there's this definite connection between her and royal and and we know that it's absolutely confirmed by this episode and you know and it goes further because Royal is, tells Rhett that, uh, you know, I never told you this, but, you know, my, I always told you my parents had died, but my mom didn't die. Only my dad did, and I have a, a, also a sister. So that's interesting. And, and now we go back to that picture. Um, you know, is that his picture? Is that his mother and his sister? And, you know, is, is some way Autumn again when we're talking about tra- time travel and come place, on come on you know you want to say it go ahead is, is autumn one of those people right? yes um i would doubt that she's his mom because he would right recognize her but if she were like his little sister and um you know and he had left her when he, she was a kid that he might not recognize her so I, that I'm sorry if I, I jumped on what was supposed to be your crackpot theory, but no, that was that was what it was. But I'm glad that you saw the same thing I saw. Yeah, so I'm not crazy, right? Well, like you said, I mean, in this show, you, there, we really don't feel like there's throwaway lines in this show, and so when he mentions this, his mother and his sister, uh, he, that's done for a reason, and either to mislead us or to or to point us in the direction of, of the relationship between him and autumn right and again we don't have any indication that autumn has traveled through time via the hole or some other portal we know royal has at least on this one occasion so 
I mean, he, he says younger sister. Uh, he certainly in his fifties. You know, we we talked about this last time. Yeah. Mid fifties, maybe sixty. And, I looked. And she, Josh Brolin is two years older than I am. He's born in nineteen sixty eight. So, um, okay. so if you know, the I I, I think. Royal is meant to look to be a little bit older than what Josh Brolin actually is. You know, I think with the the beard and everything makes him look maybe a little bit older. But but yeah, certainly it is. I would say you know mid to late fifties, early sixties. Right, and and she looks to be you know mid twenties, right? You know late twenties at the at the right. most. So doesn't work out, right? Yes, unless there's time travel involved. Right, so. Uh, now, the, the next, uh, it is puzzling for sure, because we don't know what the hell Billy means, but we see Amy, and, and you, you talked about this last time when, when Amy says to her grandmother, I'm going to go out for a walk, and you're like, oh no, something yeah. is going to happen. It's like, okay, she gets off the school bus in the middle of effing nowhere. Right. We have no idea how far she has to walk to the ranch, but appears as if yeah this is business as usual billy drives by asks her if she wants a ride and on the one hand i was glad she got in the truck because there's no reason she should be afraid of billy i mean right she she's known him literally her entire life because she was born on the ranch so even though the families don't necessarily like each other i don't think she had any reason to be afraid until he offers her chewing tobacco. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, okay, I, I meant to talk about this last time. What is with him in the tidy whitey singing into the mirror, you know? Yeah. And then, like you'd said, the singing before, like he just out of nowhere very awkwardly starts singing. I mean, even Amy's weirded out by it. Like, what's the deal? Like, I don't even know really what to make of that, except that. You know, in, on the one hand, we know that that Billy is probably the more emotional, well, not emotional necessarily, the more kind of not not as volatile. Yeah, I don't even know if volatile is the word. Like, you know, like Luke is very, I guess, methodical, and he makes decisions based on practicality and common sense and not on, you know, emotion or just you know, go give Royal a million dollars for that land right now. You know, like he's not going to do that. So Billy seems to be someone who is more in tune with his or more prone to make emotional decisions, I guess. Well, that's, that's true. And then she notices the gun in the glove compartment, which um, again, Wyoming. Right. So I don't know that she's necessarily freaked out about that. Although we don't really see guns in her family, although you'd think they have to have well, them. Yeah, for sure. Right. But he then says, maybe your mother's with Trev somewhere. Now he doesn't elaborate. And on the one hand, is he implying that they ran off together? Is it they're together in heaven? I th- is think that's what he meant. Yeah. Or together in hell. Right something else i mean yeah it's purposely left vague which is great but of course she's like nine years old so you know well yeah and and it's right after that that cecilia thinks she sees rebecca in town yeah and i mean for a split 
Second, I think we think she may be right. Now, it doesn't take long for, you know, that scene when she, you know, yeah, but we don't know Royal. what Rebecca looks like. So, oh, right, like, right, right. Could be. Like, is that her? I don't know. But then she yeah, says later point. that it wasn't, um, and that she just thought it was. But you know, again, with you know, the the way that perception and reality uh, goes in the show, who knows, right? Yeah. Um, and Royal comes home, finds Cecilia unable to pray for Rhett's success riding bulls that night. And I guess the important takeaway is that, as she tells him, she's never been able to not pray and is taken aback when he doesn't seem to get how important her relationship right. with God is. And on the one hand, again, as we've said on a number of occasions in a number of situations, we've been married a long time. We, you know, we know what things to not do or to do. Yeah. Um, we understand he's got a lot on his mind at this point. Sure. So while maybe that just momentarily didn't strike him as, as odd, I'm sure if you give him a do over, it, it, it was a very rookie married move. Yep. And I was very, I was disappointed. I'm like, come on, Royal. Right. How right. long have you been married? You got two grown kids. Like you've been married long enough to not just say, what do you want me to say? Like, dude, like, that you um just know <laughs> we talk about characters doing dumb things and and talking about scenes where we're not exactly sure what the importance will end up being we're at the rodeo and one of the first things that strikes me the lights of the rodeo set against the lights oh. of that alternate reality yeah that we saw. okay i didn't really think about that at the time but now i get what you're saying there yeah you know but is it really meant to just give joy her, you know, next move in figuring out what the Abbott's, you know, you know, relationship to Trevor's disappearance really is? And on the one hand, you know, she's interviewing him right before he goes out to ride. Yeah, which, like right. Yeah, I mean, right. I mean, how long is his ride? Like ten seconds. I mean, she can't wait. Right. You know, so it's almost like she wants him to fail riding, but I don't get that sense either. So you know, I'm not sure. Is she afraid that if he rides, he'll run after his, I, no, I, I think she's like, as you said, I think she's like purposefully messing with him. Like, cause okay. even Royal says like, he's about to ride, just talk to him later. And she's like, goes and starts getting in his grill like right before he's about to ride, it's like, come on, like that. I, I get you need to talk to him, but you can wait. Yeah, like ten seconds, you gotta wait. Right, know? right. And then, of course, <laughs> well, there it was, was that one funny scene, you know, when when uh, Royal says, "Yeah, I noticed Maria's back in town. Yeah, I always rode better when your mother was in the crowd because I thought if I rode well." He's like, "Dad, ooh, no." <laughs> <laughs> so that you know, those kind of scenes were yeah, always good, yeah, but yeah. then. It's like he urinates on the patrol car. Yeah. I mean. Uh, if, if, if there's one theme that seems to be running through this is that the Abbott boys have trouble with their liquor. Well, they have trouble with their liquor and they have trouble with their critical thinking skills. Yeah. I mean, geez. I mean, come on. Are you that drunk? Right. And that gets back to the other thing. I was just thinking, like, there's 
the bar is right. You always go back in the bar and use a bathroom. Yes. You know? <laughs> right. But also, and, and maybe that's the most important option he would have, but I was a little surprised, you know, in retrospect that Maria left him like that. Did she assume he was going to drive home in that condition? I was also thinking about that because they don't really, because, well, I mean, obviously he doesn't get a chance to right. drive anywhere because he gets arrested. But, you know, like, yeah, how is he, is he going to call an Uber? Right. <laughs> I feel like there's probably not a lot of Ubers at uh, in, in super rural Wyoming. So, Right. And, and then the last scene I want to bring up is arguably the most important scene in the episode, especially given everything else we learn. And that's when Sheriff Joy goes to, I forget what the guy's title is, but she says, I've got to go kiss the ring of the local kingmaker or whatever. And he tells her a story about one of his ranch hands hearing a rumble from one of the caves at the south end of his property, goes in and sees a mastodon. Now, on the surface, we're thinking like, okay, this dude ought to go over and introduce himself to Wayne Tillerson. You two would get along great. <laughs> but everything else we've seen, we we know, okay, maybe that's not crazy, even though the Mastodon roamed the earth like 10,000 years ago. And I did notice because, you know, I Googled Mastodon because I, I wanted to figure out, okay, well, when are we actually talking about? And the the dialogue that that guy uses is a word for word right out of wikipedia oh yeah so yeah so <laughs> anyway whatever you know so we're talking ten thousand, eleven thousand years ago and then he says it's not the first time one's been spotted around here and then he talks about you know the native american sightings over the years i want to know what you're going to do about yeah. that what are you going to do about that <laughs> i'm going to draw a hard line on mastodons man Right. And I'm going to be tough on Mastodon. You can trust me to clean up the Mastodon problem. You know, anyway, when we look at all of those things taken as a whole, the buffalo with the two arrows that that seems to appear out of out of and now one right out of nowhere, the mountain disappearing, you know, this hole that is a portal to somewhere, some when. I mean, so. You know, maybe Mastodon's the the least crazy possibility. Exactly. Right? With with what we've seen so far, like I mean, if if we weren't in the context of the show, we would be like Joy, like this is just completely insane. But from what we've seen so far, we're like, yeah, I mean, there could be a Mastodon in that cave. Yeah. All right. What else? Oh, we'll just um, you know clarify because I had assumed that that belt buckle that Luke had was. Rats, and that's why he was so adamant about going after the abbots. But it was Trev's belt buckle with Rhett's blood on it. So, so that does kind of go back to why. What's he so up up his butt about Rhett? You know. Okay. All right. Well, let's hear what Fred's got for us this week, and we'll be right back. Hello, Dave and Wayne, and all listeners to Sci-Fi TV Rewatched. This is Fred from the Netherlands with some feedback for. Outer Range, Season 1, Episode 3. Nice that you went to Memory Lane, a last podcast, and told us about the history of Sci-Fi TV Rewatch of the last 10 years. And it was good to hear that 
In principle, you are planning to do this another 10 years. I think we all three are retired then. I don't know how much is for Wayne, but for me it's six years. I had a little bit to get used to the new layout of the pot bean side. It's a pity that your picture you're always selecting is now on the bottom. So when you open the website, you don't see it. You really have to scroll down. Okay, let's go into Outer Range Season 1 Episode 3. I'm happy I was more or less right that it's not so wise to put your blood-smeared shirt into the void, into the hole, because things that you throw in there could come out. And in this case, of course, the corpse of Trevor came out. And I actually predicted that more or less, that I said, well, perhaps even Trevor's body comes out. I also said, perhaps he is alive, but obviously that's not the case. After your podcast of last week about Sheriff Joyce, something became clear to me because she had a discussion with Luke. He was a little bit bullying her and saying, there's never been an Indian sheriff before. You said, Dave, that Luke said first Indian sheriff and that she said, and gay as well, but that as well was not said. I rewatched that scene. Luke says, there never have been a Indian sheriff before. And then Joy answers, or a gay one. You were referring to that as she being Indian and gay. Uh, but I thought that she was referring to her opponent, Trudy Cole. So she's Indian and he is gay. My idea was supported by this episode, so episode 3, where Trudy Cole visits Joyce's office. And when he walks away, she says, Trudy is a damn girl's name. But I think, watching it again, I think you're right. It's a pity, because in my version, I found it very hilarious. And now it's only, you think you are insulting me, but I won't let you. She making herself strong, and she puts a, an extra thing on top of it. At the end it becomes clear that not, not only Royal sees different things that are perhaps not there, because when he shakes hands with Autumn, the whole mountain disappears, but also Joyce sees that on the road, and when she comes into the police office, there also have been reports about it. So really strange things are happening in the present time. And since more people see the same thing, it's not somebody's imagination. I really wonder if Royal would have called the police station to report that Trevor's body is found. Of course, it was Amy that found the body. So they cannot hide it or put pressure on this child to hide it. So I really wonder what would have happened if Red or Perry would have found the body or he, I mean Royal himself. Would they have tried to hide the body again, but this time not in the void slash the hole? I think the series gets more interesting, also because there is now a kind of deal between Autumn and Royal that they will tell each other stuff. So they have a kind of bond over this mysterious stuff that is happening. I would give the episode a straight B. Royal telling Red that his mother was alive and that he has a sister is of course a Chekhov's gun that has to come back somehow.
In this episode, we also see that Royal, at a certain point, focuses on the necklace of Autumn, and we see there is a kind of old bone, perhaps something prehistoric, something like that, uh, that's on that necklace. Has this any connection to the Mastodon story? Okay, a lot of questions. This was all. Greetings. All the best. Fred from the Netherlands. Now, he gives this episode a, a B grade, which for him and outer range is fairly high. And we'll talk about our grade in, in a few minutes, but again, and, and Fred, when I say, I'm not sure I understood you, it has nothing to do with your command of the English language. I just want to make sure because I, I don't always go back and listen to Fred's feedback more than once. So he's talking about that scene where Sheriff joy um, right. is meeting with Trudy and said, you know, like first Indian, and she says, and first gay. She's referring to herself, not yeah. Trudy Cole. And right. and and I think we see her with her partner and child right in the yes. first episode. Yes. And she leaves, and and they, you know, kiss goodbye. Right? Yeah. So, in, unless so, yeah. we're no, 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 no. I, you're, you're right. Like she was referring to herself. Um, when I was listening to Fred, I'm like, oh. You know, is is there a you know maybe a, there's two levels there? Maybe she's talking about herself. Maybe Trudy is gay as well. But she just has that that line where Trudy's a girl's name, and she's just kind of like denigrating his name, yes, and exactly. not commenting on his sexuality in any way. Right. He also mentions the royal autumn handshake and whether or not that's what causes the mountain to disappear. And I'm not going to discount that either. So I guess when we look at all of these things that that seem to be occurring simultaneously, Trevor's body reappearing in the woods, the mountain disappearing at the moment that Royal and Autumn shake hands, we don't know that they're all happening at the same time. Right. And, and, and that's one thing this show does is it kind of, it doesn't jump around, but it has pretty big jumps in narrative. Like we see like, uh, autumn with that whole sequence where she's picking up her meds and then she's hitchhiking and then she's at the bar you know it's like did those things happen like back to back like that like we're meant to kind of like feel like it did in, in filmmaking so i think that there's a couple times that they do that where you know they, they take like big jumps in time so you mean like the pace is really quickening well i wouldn't say <laughs> that <laughs> Um, now, the other thing Fred brings up that I didn't think about it in these terms, but I think he's exactly right. The reveal that Royal's mother is alive or or at least, you know, was alive when he left. Right. Um, and he had a younger sister. You know, if we go back to that that narrative device of Chekhov's gun that you don't introduce something like this and then not have it become important later on. Right. So you know, yeah, absolutely. Whether autumn turns out to be his younger sister, like you said, you'd think he would recognize his mother at that age. So I think that's certainly, you know, just like we said, okay, when we first met autumn, she's not Rebecca because they would recognize Rebecca. So, right. But the younger sister, I would say that's probably still in play. So I think so. Um, that. You know. That's that's a, a, a I'm going to put that theory up on the board. We can we can put that one up. All right. Anything else about Fred's feedback? I uh, don't think so. Okay, Fred. Thank you. Um, I'm going to go a minus again. Well, 
and this is when we're far apart. Cause I'm, I'm going with B minus on this. Okay. And I, I, I need to explain it because it's not that I didn't necessarily didn't like the episode. I just think I, I guess it was my disappointment at thinking that we were going to get some more like of the the time travel stuff and we were going to get some more about you know relation to that last scene of episode two and we kind of did but we kind of did and the pace is still kind of slow and everything so i don't know i i just i just thought like oh now you know like i said the the last podcast i'm like oh now we're gonna really start going forward right now this the show is gonna pick up and and stuff and it just kind of went back to you know following these people around their lives and rural wyoming and i'm just like come on well one thing i will say i i kind of alternately think that there are only six episodes when there are actually eight in the series they are relatively short episodes in terms of what we're used to they're like you know maybe 42 to 44 minutes at this point so i don't know if that impacts the way you're thinking but uh yeah we'll go a minus b minus uh, that's that's okay and we'll see if the pace picks up if we get more details revealed in the next episode and you know like i said i'm still digging it um i i know you are too yeah no uh, that's what I, sure. I don't want you to, i don't want everyone to take that great as my saying i'm not enjoying the show sure um it's just like i said like i said a disappointment as to what where they went with episode three based on where i thought was going to be happening you know so i'm still enjoying the show i still like the show cool all right well we will go ahead and leave it there if that sounds good to you sure all right and that will do it for this episode of sci-fi tv rewatch thank you for joining us love to hear what you think about outer range anything going on in your genre tv world check out the facebook group if you haven't already sci-fi tv rewatch at gmail.com is the way you can reach us uh sci-fi rewatch.podbean.com is the way you can get to the website and you got the drop down menu if you want to check out all the shows that we've covered on the podcast we'll be back next week to talk about episode four of the amazon prime video series outer range but until then so dave you just look really uncomfortable sitting there i don't know like you're moving around a lot so I don't know. I mean, just my recommendation, something you could try, is just to untwist your panties for a heartbeat.